Hello, I'm Alan Watt and this is CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and AlanWattSentinel.eu on the 26th of April 2007. I'll be a bit late tonight with this blurb obviously, uh, as you've already found out I'm sure, because apart from being overloaded with mail, email and so on and just doing the regular stuff you have to do to get through each day plus not even getting to the post office because there are already the crazy guys on the roads coming up from cities going to other cities and killing each other on the roads with their, their speed and their, their frantic need to get ahead of each other and save a, a second here or a second there so the road was blocked I had to turn back now, Laura, the webmaster who's filling in temporarily uh, is at the, the funeral and then the get together afterwards so the rest of the sites will be a bit late getting up Tonight I'd like to talk about the big fear creation that's going on and has been going on for some time. They always start to drum slowly because the sheep don't mind so much as we're grazing, you see. And then they get gradually louder until you're used to it and louder still and faster. And, and then you're, you're getting pushed into the new pen. You're getting moved from one field of understanding to another for the world that's been planned and has been well documented I don't go into the conspiracy theories I try and use all the data that's out there put out by the big players themselves the people with power and money influence and who hold global meetings on how to handle the populace and get us all moving into this new perfected society where that which is left imperfect mainly humanity itself meaning the lower end of it which is most of us have all to be perfected that means no con it's like the communist definition of peace when Stalin was asked what it was he said it was the absence of all opposition well that's what the utopia and peace means to the elite of the world that's when they don't have to coerce us that's when they don't have to threaten us um, entertain us to death and use such tremendous media means and cultural means with music and drama and fiction to go along in a certain path that's a lot of work you see it's not so profitable it takes away from the profit the weather is the big stick the global warming that's just been intensified uh, from about 98 in Ontario uh, from earlier in some parts of the United States they've been spraying they've been using the, the harp type technology high altitude auroral research program harp which sends out electromagnetic beams and pulsations which can be found on the shortwave radio you can pick them up and since about 2000 anyway at least 2000 it's been on 24 hours a day on different frequencies this can also uh, apart from altering the weather especially when it's easier when you, you saturate the atmosphere with metallic particles you can also affect the moods of people just by altering the frequency slightly you can make them aggressive or passive and very dozy and tired these are all in the treaty to do with weather warfare which most of the countries signed back in the 1970s at the United Nations plus earthquakes and all kinds of phenomena which you can find in Revelations because it seems like they're using the old Bible, you see. 
uh, all plan uh, to terrify the public and it's much more efficient if we all go down with the ship thinking well it's God's plan you see so there's nothing you can do about it that's why they started to use revelations so heavily in the last hundred years or so amongst Christian groups primarily in America now here's a here's the United Nations getting in on it because they have to be in on it since they're the front for all the global elite and this is from CNN.com the date is April the 17th 2007 and it says here UN Security Council holds climate debate United Nations is from the AP News the UN Security Council held a groundbreaking debate Tuesday on the impact of climate change on conflicts brushing aside objections from developing countries that global warming is not an issue of international peace and security Britain holds the council presidency this month and organized an open meeting to highlight what its foreign secretary Margaret Beckett said was a security imperative to tackle climate change because it can exacerbate problems that cause conflicts and threatens the entire planet my 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 you always get the same terminology because it's the same people uh, elitists and psychopaths they always use the threats of wars and the threats of uh, comets or whatever they've used everything in the past to terrify the public so that they get more power over the public so here's uh, Margaret Beckett saying it's a security imperative to tackle climate change because it can exacerbate problems that cause conflicts and threaten the entire planet Uh, now what does she mean by that well you're talking about food and all the rest of it we already know that the United Nations plans to take over the world's food supply at least dish it out to the, the states as they call the countries they want the, the right to be the one who dishes it out and if you don't keep your population down it's your tough cheese you've got to cull off some of your own and that's been stated at the United Nations by the woman who is in charge of the UN Agricultural Department she said food has always been used as a weapon and what she was basically getting at was that it would be used as a weapon again why not use it as a weapon since elites have always used food as a weapon getting back to this, uh, this little spiel here from the United Nations according to the AP Newswire and um, the CNN.com the Security Council is a forum to discuss the issues that threaten the peace and security of the international community we're all a big international community what makes wars start <laughs> I could go into diatribes of that but I, I won't fights over water changing patterns of rainfall fights over food production land use Beckett said there are few greater potential threats to our economies too but also to peace and security itself so everything in other words that that you run on you need your basics for survival I've talked about this so many times Uh, that's what Russell and all the rest of these guys in the the last lot they're all under the the sod um, talked about doing that that these things should not, not be left to the people the people were just too stupid to take care of things themselves the experts had to be in charge of it all and that's the, one of the purposes of the United Nations by the way the United Nations we don't get a vote to vote people into United Nations and yet they're always on about making every other country democratic think about it uh, they also have a, an a intergenerational bureaucracy they breed their own offspring and send them to a particular school they have so they can become better psychopathic bureaucrats getting back to the the talk this is a groundbreaking day in the history of the Security Council 
the first time ever that, we'll, that we will debate climate change as a matter of international peace and security, she said. She's obviously the PR spokesman too. The two, main, the two major groups representing developing countries, the non-aligned movement and the group of 77. Now, they love these groups of things. Uh, they always have groups of things or leagues of things, like the, the, the League of Just Men the characters who made up the pre-communist party and even Bertrand Russell himself was put in charge of leading what was thought to be the radical left wing of the anti-nuclear crisis of the 60s and 70s and he was the head of, of the group of 100 they were the radical ones that would storm air bases and smash down the fences so they run all sides of things, you see. So here's another group of 77. Wrote separate letters accusing the Security Council of ever-increasing encroachment on the role and responsibility of other UN organs. Climate change and energy are issues of the general, for the General Assembly, where all 192 UN member states are represented, and the Economic and Social Council not the Security Council, they said. Pakistan's Deputy Ambassador Farooq Amil, whose country heads the Group of 77, which represents 132 mainly developing countries in China, told the Council Tuesday that its debate not only infringes on the authority of other UN organs, but compromises the rights of the general membership of the United Nations. Beckett, who spent five years as Britain's negotiator on climate change, said she understood the reservations. I am the last person to want to undermine the important work that those bodies do, she said, but this is an issue that threatens the peace and security of the whole planet, and the Security Council has to be the right place to debate it. And clearly, if 52 countries wish to speak, that isn't just a view held by the United Kingdom. You see, we're all impersonalized here. We're not people anymore. We're, we're countries. You see how they flip back and forth when they, when, they, when they want to condemn people and populations. They talk about the people of the country. Uh, when they try and claim that a country wants the UN to do something, uh, they, they talk about um, 52 countries wish to speak. Well, the average person isn't going to get a, a whistle never mind a voice in anything, because you're not allowed uh, to speak for your country to the UN if you're an ordinary person. That's appointees that get those jobs. Generally, lifelong politicians or higher-level bureaucrats that are tossed off to the United Nations, they're already globalists, because we're already global. The con game of having nations is just that. It's a con game. We've been global for a long time. Beckett said Britain was following the precedent of the first Security Council debate on another very important global issue. Oh, here we go, HIV-AIDS in 2000. We want to see the same thing happen with climate change, that it comes from the fringes into the mainstream, she said. <laughs> I could go on with that too, but I, I won't. Over the past few years, she said, the threat from climate change has grown and its impact goes far beyond environment to the very heart of the security agenda. She cited flooding, disease and famine leading to unprecedented migration, drought and crop failures, intensifying competition for food, water and energy, and the potential for economic disruption on a scale not seen since World War II. Boy, so they're going to try and outdo all the things they did in World War II. Put on a, a better a better show for the public and they will because they have the, the sciences to do it uh, read up on the history of viral and bacterial warfare that's where your plagues will come from they can do all of the other things with the harp technology alone earthquakes, droughts or flood uh, and hurricanes, tornadoes is all in their treaty at the United Nations so yeah, they have the, the bag of tricks as long as they don't admit that they're using them uh, they might just get away with it now they're going to put a lot of propaganda out and claim, well, it's, it's a threat from out there it's, 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 uh, it's the, 
solar it's the solar it's the sun's going crazy the sun is just going nuts and uh, you have to give up all your rights and do what we say so we can all survive uh, or they could use the plague as I say so many things they can use because it's all done now by science and they've been spraying us like bugs for years now and you can smell and taste the metallic particles in the atmosphere pretty well every day on Monday Beckett noted top US retired admiral and general warned in a new report that climate change is a threat multiple for instability she said she said Uganda's president Yoan Museveni whose economy depends on hydropower from a reservoir that is already depleted by drought has called climate change an act of aggression by the rich against the poor well it's, it's nice to know that someone's got some smarts he is one of the first leaders to see this problem in security items like it said he will not be the last I don't think he was actually on her side when he said that UN Secretary General Ban Ki-moon told the council that projected climate changes can not only have serious environmental, social and economic implications but implications for peace and security as well this is especially true in vulnerable regions that face multiple stresses at the same time pre-existing conflict, poverty and unequal access to resources weak institutions, food insecurity and incidents of diseases such as HIV AIDS he said Ban outlined several alarming though not alarmist scenarios I like that, alarming but not alarmist like it's, it's conspiracy but not conspiracy maybe it's a conspiracy theory they love that term at the top since they gave it to us all when we parrot what they say Ban outlined several alarming though not alarmist scenarios including limited or threatened access to energy increasing the risk of conflict a scarcity of food and water transforming peaceful competition we have peaceful competition did you know that? did you know we had peaceful competition? Ah, ah, boy, read your history turning peaceful competition into violence and floods and droughts polarizing societies and weakening the ability of countries to resolve conflicts peaceably or peacefully the world must come together including civil society and the private sector to prevent these scenarios from becoming reality he said now remember Carl Quigley what he talks about the coming new world order was made up of a type of new fascism where you have public private partnerships where really uh, the private partnerships would be international corporations he called them the new feudal overlords of the world and they would be the people who would control those beneath them well this is what this is all about just worded in a slightly different way and they hope you haven't read Quigley's stuff you see Ban noted that this, his predecessor Kofi Annan wanted that environmental degradation, degradation has potential to destabilize already conflict prone regions and urged member states to agree on ways that allow all of us to love sustainably sustainable development remember that term go back into the UN's history and that was one of their agendas was to take over the sustainability of the planet hmm. within the planet's means the secretary general said he wanted to renew and amplify this call renew and amplify this call I wonder who wrote that for him mm. compared to the cost of conflict and its consequences Ban said the cost of prevention is far lower in financial terms but most importantly in human lives and life equality these are the same guys that when the Canadian general was in charge of Rwanda with a very short of men and he was sending back all of these reports of impending attacks what was going to happen with, between the Hutus and the Tutsis, Tutsis you should call them the Hottentots and Tottenhots that was a hundred years before that but he warned them all what was going to happen and the UN ignored them they let it happen hmm, interesting eh? you can't believe a thing the UN the French for one says 
because there's an agenda here. An agenda is for the, the very purpose for which it was set up in the first place. Read your history of the League of Nations and follow it from then on. Now, on the same vein, I'd like to talk about uh, Mark Bard. Mark Bard has this parallel normal wordpress.com on the internet you can check it up he also does the register in parallelnormal.wordpress.com you can see this article here and uh, it's from April 26, 2007 today this is where conspiracy and convention collide red ice creations and then cutting through the matrix he says I investigate the claims made by esoteric researchers studying the underlying causes of world events think about it governments and global corporations and most of us exist in a universe parallel to the one inhabited by ESO researchers but as Henrik Palgrim that's from Red Ice, told me recently the world needs to collide we need to mix and mess things up in order to break free from the consensus trance and the stagnation of ideas about our reality and what the heck is going on and on the left of the page you've got the article Global Warming Pretext for Weather Warfare question mark and then there's a photograph of Lowell Wood who's a scientist he was taught by Edward Teller Edward Teller, I always call him Heller for some reason, I think it's because he's, it's more appropriate, Hell but Edward Teller was the supposed inventor of the H-bomb and he also was the one who first proposed that they spray the skies with metallic particles, he suggested what types to use, they're using them all now to manipulate the weather for warfare purposes and he was also aware that the harp type technology from Tesla could be used along with the spraying to affect the moods and create mood swings even of depression or, or it could create people to be very hyper or anxious we're seeing all of that with simply varying the frequencies a little bit so on the front page of parallelnormal.wordpress.com there's Lowell Wood that they nicknamed Dr. Evil with his mentor Edward Teller or Heller as I, I prefer to call him said recent reports suggest that the scientists weather warfare proposals are gaining traction recent reports in the Wall Street Journal See excerpt and link below and elsewhere point to the threat posed by a group of physicists led by one Dr. Evil who wants to use aircraft to disperse specially engineered particles to block out the sun while they've been doing it. They've been doing it. They've been doing it. We know that for quite a few years. The report's based on an article in the spring to a thousand Wilson Quarterly I guess that's the name of it, the article in the Wilson Quarterly, supports claims by Alan Watt that weather modification experiments marked by chemtrails and sudden weather changes have long been underway. The author of the WQ piece, that's the, that's the Wilson Quarterly, James R. Fleming, describes the troubling motif of militarization in the history of weather and climate control. Fleming quotes Dr. Evil, Pentagon physicist Lowell Wood, who gets a kick out of the, name, the nickname, as saying, The time has come for an intelligent elimination of undesired heat from the biosphere by technical ways and means, rather than changes in fuel consumption and public policy. Which brings me to a little point. If you simply really, really think of how these people speak, it's interesting 
when the big boys speak, it's as, as little lawyers had written it for them because they have little clues in there. It's like when they're on about the, oh, the CO2 is just rising all the time. We we'll have, we'll have to cut down on CO2. Well, as he, humans breathe CO2 out along with every other living creature. But you see, we're the ones that are the useless eaters now in a post-industrial society. Think about it. And think what he said here. Intelligent elimination of undesired heat. Now, where would a lot of heat come from? And who are they blaming for the creation of the heat? Hmm. From a biosphere by technical ways and means rather than changing fuel consumption and public policy. Wood was a protege of the late nuke scientists Edward Teller, who proposed similar climate control measures before he died in 2003. He is quite the character, you know, old Edward Teller. He, um, he wasn't just into that. My God, he was, uh, uh, oh, uh, how can I say this? He, he was, um, Okay, a bootlicker, that, that's, that's acceptable amongst the elite with all these ideas for controlling people and populations and everything else. He would do anything, he would grovel to anyone uh, to get his name up there amongst famous scientists. He was quite the character and really he stole everyone else's ideas and that's quite common. That's where you have a patenting industry and system, they steal ideas. That's how Einstein got to be who he was. He first worked in the patenting office in Switzerland, served his high Masonic brothers very well, and they says, we'll make you a famous scientist, my son. And, and that's how it really works in the real world. And this character, uh, Teller, was no different. He was given other scientists' ideas who were not in the know, as they say, and because he was, you see, we're all profane at the bottom. We're all in profanity. We're in the dark. We believe the world as the media presents it to us and, it, and keeps reinforcing it to us. These guys are enlightened because they're lit in on the know. They're psychopathic, so they're worthwhile bringing up there. And they have all wonderful ideas to kill us off and, and come up with fantastic ideas uh, for creating new types of weaponry uh, through high technology and science. We must remember, too, there's so much, so much credit is given to, to these scientists. On the one hand, they, they always present a, a, almost an idealistic humanitarian character on the one side when they write their obituaries for the public to consume, but there's always another side to these particular high characters. If you look into the, all the Nobel the prize winners, you will see another side to them all. Like Banting, I mean Banting uh, dissected dog after dog after dog and transplanted livers and did God knows what else with them, all kinds of weird stuff. And uh, it was just interesting watching them kick the bucket, which means to die, and, and measuring them and how they died and, and what speed they died with this method and that method and all the rest of it. And really, it was another fellow who came up with the insulin idea, but Banting was a member of the the Canadian military establishment, high scientist in viral and bacterial warfare. And uh, so he got the, the right to be the famous man. That's how things really work. That's my little ramble there about that. But, but whatever you read, there's always, there's always more to it. And it was the same with the, the standing wave theory and uh, all of that stuff, uh, none of the guys were heroes that, that were into the, creating the standing waves of EMP and magnetic pulse type energy. Now, to got, carry on with this talk here on paranormal.wordpress.com, climate engineering has become a popular topic among a group of scientists who are skeptical of the potential other environmental remedies from carbon taxes to alternative energy. James R. Fleming, a professor of science, technology, and society at Colby College, writes in the Wilson Quarterly Spring issue. But the potential fixes being discussed reflect an overconfidence in technology, Mr. Fleming says, as well as an ignorance of the history of failed efforts to control the weather. One idea put forth by a physicist involved in climate control discussions would involve bombarding the Arctic 
stratosphere with specially engineered particles to deflect the sun's rays, thereby lowering temperatures. Now we know that when the, the bombard us with, again it's almost a double speak, when they bombard us with these metallic particles, they don't come down flat face up to the sun. They spin and revolve and blow in the wind and turn in all directions. And what we've noticed over the last few years is they intensify the heat down below because they're reflecting in all directions. The heat can't bounce back out again into space and so is trapped under this massive layer of polymer and spray of metallic particles. We're really into quite the world here and the weather is obviously what they've chosen to bring in this whole new world order idea they can create the droughts they can create the famines they've done it already in some places and they've been doing it for quite a few years uh, they don't build the, this equipment this technology uh, like the, the one in Alaska they have 50 or 54 of them I think or 57 of these these, these um, facilities worldwide which can act in unison because they, they bounce their energy off the ionosphere and direct it to wherever they want it to go they don't build them to take photographs off and get their pictures standing next to they build these things to use them and if we look at the United Nations Treaty on Weather Warfare Applications they've all signed not to use it on each other as nations so who are they going to use it on it's the populations of the world it was back in the 70s when ham radio enthusiasts were complaining about this strange signal that was blocking everything else out they called it the woodpecker phenomenon it was a tap, 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 tapping faster than that, but I can't tap as fast as a woodpecker. And it blew everything else off the airwaves in that frequency of the, the shortwave to AM radio frequencies, which they're used by the ham amateur radio fellows. This was documented in newspapers in Montreal. I have some here. They were sent to me a few years ago. And uh, they found it was coming from Riga in the Baltic region, which at that time was under the Soviet control. The Soviets came right out and admitted it, they were using it. But they were admitting it because they knew that the U.S. was also using it, you see. And of course they were, because all the, sh the scientists shared this information uh, and, and did so all through the Cold War. It was a, a push for massive taxation to build this stuff equipment for today that's what the Cold War was primarily about when you're getting taxed to the hilt to, to fight a war that might come the Cold War you don't complain as much as though when there's no threat it's rather nasty to be taxed to the hilt for a threat that doesn't come or there's no one over there to threaten you so they created the Cold War and all the scientists used to go over every year and it was in all the papers and they'd let them intermingle you'd never do that if you truly had a nation you'd never ever allow your top scientists to mingle with your supposed enemies top scientists and as they said themselves the Cold War would be won with the person or the country who had the most advanced science it was all a scam to build up all of this sort of technology for use on a global population that's what it was for so check in to this particular site well worth seeing paranormal.wordpress.com I see Mark also does the register and he's, he's, he's doing pretty well uh, coming forward with uh, some of these write-ups on another perspective on what's happening in our world outside of the one that's presented by the authorized media it's interesting to note too that Teller is all all very similar to Tesla Nikolai Tesla 
on the one hand lots of the uh, so-called mystery books put out there in profusion by again the high societies which are authorized to do it that's sort of part of their job is to mystify you and mislead you at the same time it's the easiest way to mystify someone is to is to give them lots of truth and mystique and to swallow uh, that which misleads them at the same time old old technique that Weishaupt and other famous people talked about used for thousands of years in fact and Nikolai Tesla is always put out there to be a hero who, who found ways for free energies and all the rest of it but his main thing was into creating the standing waves which we now call harp one comment he did make was that he was afraid to use it in a large scale because it could set the atmosphere on fire it could superheat the atmosphere and set it on fire Tesla's other work was on what we now call crowd control, non-lethal weaponry which could be cranked up to lethal weaponry Uh, weaponry in fact he said could take out whole cities and he was working for all his bosses while he he worked on these projects, he was quite the quite the character, but he's put out to be a hero by, by a lot of the New Agers because they haven't read any other history on him they only read the New Age books Yet he was right, though. They could superheat the atmosphere. He wasn't scared about the public, because he, this is the man who talked about wiping out cities, remember. He was scared of killing off himself and all the, all the elite bosses at the same time with superheating the atmosphere. Two or three years ago, there was an interesting phenomena. We get lots of new, new normals now, new phenomena and new normals, along with the downbursts from the weather and, and so on, and microbursts, they call them, too that's now normal, the new normal they come out of nowhere and uh, cut straight swaths across forests straight as could be and uh, and also come down and knock off the tops of buildings uh, as though they were targeting them anyway someone's playing with it, who knows I'm sure it is that uh, fine an adjustment they could do so But, but these characters as I say are are not heroes not to the people although they're always presented to be uh, by the biographers the weather is the big stick they've obviously put so much time and effort into how do we con the public of the world how do we do it remember what Bertrand Russell said after Weishaupt who was only one of one member of one group of a higher Freemasonry involved in the same movement of world domination and Weishaupt said oh foolish man is there nothing you cannot be made to believe and that's why we see so much nonsense put out there amongst what we call the patriot type movement in the US interspersed with uh, revelations from the Bible with prophecies that spring out of the woodwork all over the place like mushrooms in the dark and uh, there's a lot of work going behind all these things to terrify the public to make you think everything's inevitable uh, that's why it works this way that's why there's so much of it out there and if it's not that, it's written in the stars it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, if it's not God's will it, it's just uh, this big strange thing where everything's predestined in the stars anything that predestines anything makes you give up before you start and that's an old old con very very old ancient thousands and thousands of years old and Bertrand Russell remember who was a very high member of this whole mind control business to do with whole populations a tireless worker for this agenda he said something similar to Weishaupt he says there's no nonsense so arrant that it cannot be made the creed meaning the belief of the vast majority 
by adequate governmental action. Think about that now. Nothing. There's nothing, no nonsense, so arrant that it cannot be made the creed, the belief, you see, of the vast majority by adequate government action. Lord Bertrand Russell. There's nothing. Uh, years ago they pushed out many theories oh it was a photon belt the new agers were all into that were going to go through the light and and that's why the rush was on to control the world because if the light hit us first we'd all wake up the light would go on inside our heads and they couldn't control us anymore that was one big theory which they rehashed once in a while along with Planet X you know, Planet X is, X is in Roman numerals is 10 the Masons love 10, 1 and 0, zero 1. It's the, the binary code everything is based upon. The 1 is the male, the high male, the lumen male, not the ordinary one down the below, all us profane guys. And the 0 is the female. That's what they believe, that's what they teach. And they love 10. That's why Washington, D.C., if you speak it, this is 10 in French. Oh, they love these little code things, you see. They love it. Just like Hiroshima, even though it didn't have to happen when they dropped the bomb, they wanted to unleash this power upon the earth to terrify everyone. And they, they hit it on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Hiroshima is on the 33rd degree parallel. We live in a vastly different world than the one the media portrays to us, who are kept... And this surrealism of tidbits, bits and bytes of information, but no in-depth covering information to give us a full picture on any particular thing. Where death and destruction is mixed in with silicon babes from Hollywood with the latest facelift or projections with the scandals of the stars to titillate the public's imagination because sex cells use the primary motivations of people the instincts and you exacerbate them you could do the same with food by repetition of advertising of the same things and people will start to go and buy them over and over and over advertising works Billions and billions are spent to make it work. The marketing companies have tremendous insights into the workings of each individual, male or female, from birth to death. Every milestone you go through, they cater to you for each one. So do the self-help books, all put up by the same people. When you hit the sage, you're going to be depressed you need this book and read all of the, the older authors of the self-help books that get churned out and they're all high masons again and then the motivational characters as well who flap their arms about and tell you all you have to do is, is you try to watch them on the stage jumping around like a, like a rabbit on hot coals is think this, think that and so on just think and it'll be fine it'll, it'll work for you think positive but don't listen to the negative if you listen to the negative, negative negative things will happen to you whether that the obverse is true you see the if you don't look at the negative you won't see the train coming but that's beautiful for psychological disarmament isn't it everything is controlled including what you think are your escapes Again, Lord Bertrand Russell, in his book, The Impact of Science on Society, stated, apart from many other nasty things, he stated that um, governments would employ the big marketing companies to market ideas and propaganda 
right into the minds of the populations. That's been happening for a long time, an awful long time. That's why your news media give awards to each other. We have a guy in Canada that lots of people grew up with. He was, he was, he's, a, he's not quite as old as Dan Rather, and that's why they kept Dan Rather around in the U.S. for such a long time. People grew up with them because they understood that this respectable-looking person who stared you right in the face, eye contact, every night, even though he was reading a dummy board in front of him, you didn't see that part, could convince you that he was a father-type figure. And would he lie to you? Well, in Canada we have Mansbridge, who, who's given awards for this kind of thing, and, and even says he's the most trusted man in Canada. I don't know anybody that's met him, that's the propaganda. Propaganda works. It's the same thing with poll taking. Polls were first put out to convince the rest who hadn't thought this way to go along with what they thought was a majority. That's why polls are put out. And getting back to the cons and the scams like Weishaupt, oh foolish man, what can you not be made to believe? Or Bertrand Russell, Lord Bertrand Russell with his little statement there's no nonsense nonsense underline nonsense so arrant that it cannot be made the creed the belief of the vast majority by adequate government action think about that think 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 about that think about all the things that have been put out there mass produced to fascinate you and amongst the fascination you have little bits of propaganda inserted to make you think along a certain way so when the major media comes out with the, the regular stuff you'll believe it it all works together marketing and the best way for counterintelligence to work as always, always has been this way is to grab the facts that have been pushed around from person to person, put out superheroes, add in nonsense, arrant nonsense, which is fascinating, and discredits, therefore, the truth contained within. That's countering intelligence. Big money is behind it. Big, big money. Until you're living in a a whirlwind of disinformation and fascination and you don't know what's real anymore. We have to investigate the facts. In the 1960s, the UN was screaming about the coming ice age. They hired authors. Same thing that came out with bestsellers. You see, if, they, if the big boys want a book read by a lot of people and discussed in universities and, and the man on the street, they make sure it's going to be a bestseller. And it's all in all the talk shows, all their television shows. And, and they had their paid authors that came out with the coming Ice Age because at that time they thought it would be easier to create an ice, a very cold, frigid world to convince us to give up all our rights but then after some experimentation some more experimentation because they'd already been doing experimentation since at least World War II they found it was easier to warm the planet they can technically do both to an extent they can cool not to the same extent though as they can warm it's much easier to warm it so the same authors came out with books years later telling us we're, we're going to fry and people have no memory. We have to be beware of the big leaders that are presented to the public that seem to speak for the public. Thousands of years go into the science of controlling populations. Read the diaries of John Colville 
I think he was knighted some years back. He wrote the book Downing Street Diaries. He was a personal secretary to Winston Churchill during World War II and afterwards. Dig deeply and you'll find as you're almost falling asleep. What he says about Winston. Winston, who was on various path news and, and radio programs from the BBC, talking about go off to fight for your country and preserve your way of life and your culture and all that stuff. And they're all prepared speeches too, by the way. And they even used other guys to, to, to do the speaking for him often because he was rather under the influence, uh, and quite a lot in fact. However, Colville says that uh, the same man who was telling the public to go off and fight to preserve all the stuff was telling his own peer group at parties at night and they had lots of parties that this was the best thing that ever happened this world war because out of it they would get their long awaited dream of a united Europe now Winston wasn't a dummy in the sense that he understood economics he understood that you cannot have a separate culture a separate legal system an independence when you start merging it all into one your culture goes and he knew that because it's not the first time in history that countries have been merged and they've watched the initial chaos as they merge them and, and they manage it through until they bring out a, a new type culture or a bigger empire or something these are the kind of leaders they give the public always, always and they have script writers to see all the stuff we want to hear the technique has never changed and they wait they wait for 50 years after the official secrets act is up after the, the particular year that they write about to tell the public the truth that's standard too so beware of those who come forward as X, MI5, MI6, CIA, FBI ex-Pentagon and all the rest of it beware because they all, regardless of the countries they live in sign official secrets acts where they can't divulge ultimate truths to the general public there's more disinformation out there there's also an awful lot of racketeering going on in the crisis creation business where everything is sold to the public under the guise of saving yourself it's always been a racket there's no better time to get people into a, a buying frenzy than when you've terrified them out their wits in the great plague of London there were merchants importing from the ships at the same time bales and bales of linen they went right into making handkerchiefs which were then dosed with rose perfume and the claims were that if you use this over your mouth all the time and your nose you wouldn't get the plague they even had diatribes pseudo-scientific for the time period to back it up in other words if you don't understand what they're talking about it's easier uh, to sell them when they're terrified they buy it more easily because you must know what you're talking about I always remember what Rothschild said when he was asked when the best time to to invest in big, big deals. And he said, when the blood is flowing in the streets. Psychopaths all. That's the world we live in. 
there are different strata of humanity. The ordinary people have emotions and something called caring. The culture that's been produced by the psychopath, even for the normal, has to be has, has also uh, culturally not turned everyone else into a psychopath, but of of taking away, of dulled the natural responses of caring. In fact, we, we, we allow all the big agencies to do it all for us, the ones that we pay th- through the nose for with our tax money, who really are overmasters, the agencies. They start as services and then become your masters, working for the elite, so that we can sit and play ourselves till we die and entertain ourselves into the grave never knowing and never doing and always being bewildered about what really life is all about and no it's not about just going through being happy that's a recent phenomena that's been projected out there by the big boys that control the world life is not always perpetual mania but someone who appears unhappy for a little while is not a good thing for selling ads unless it's drugs for antidepressants so they give you this happy, happy immature Peter Pan society that you're supposed to confront and jump or jump into I should say, conform to sorry for the rush blurb I'm always busy a bit too busy but I'll keep blurbing on as long as I can and have patience over the next few days as the the sights go up maybe a bit slower a bit later perhaps but we'll get there from Hamish and myself it's good night I mean your God or your gods go with you Joyfully